Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar here at Online Darts. Myself, Jack Garwood, in the hot seat for you, joined by Do Not Adjust Your Sets. That is not... Mr. Matt Edgar, that is the one and only Mr. Dan Simpson. How are we doing, who? buddy? Who, who, who? Mr. Matt Edgar in that shirt. Never heard of him. Don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Do you know he hit a 170 to beat Gary Anderson once? Uh, he's, he did mention it once. He did mention it. I think he might be written <laughs> on the back of his shirt if I look carefully. <laughs> it, could be, it could be in six inches. That's a crazy top, I think. <laughs> How are we doing, mate? All good? Very, very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, really in the swing. It's the, um, I think what I love, I was talking to, uh, I've talked to my wife about the, uh, my love affair with the match play uh, earlier today. And it, I just think it's the intensity of players playing big games. Yeah. You know, we don't have that break that we see at the, um, at the World Championships, it's it's just that intensity of the very best players, that top 32 that have managed to qualify. Um, really, really good stuff. Loving it. Yeah, completely good. And actually, look, I get that set play brings you more little tense moments, I guess, and that there's more key moments if you win a set, you can pinch a set. But actually, I think because you come back on stage and you're under it immediately if you're massively behind here, there's no quick turnaround. There's no, I'll win a set and get myself back into the game. I love the format of this tournament where it's just unrelenting. Like you can seriously kick a player when they're down here. Oh yeah, it's a it's a slog, isn't it? And yeah. and it plays. It, what what we see is we see different players really relishing it than we than we do in 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 the World Championships. You know, it, 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 there are players that benefit. That. 
We've got there's some players that have incredible front runners. There are some players that are incredibly gritty and will and will fight their way back. A break of throw, like one leg can change the entire match. Um, you know, you know when you're playing set play and when you look at the world champion, you can you can lose a few, you can lose a set, and really that you haven't you haven't lost the game. The the game's not gone from you. Um, yeah. A couple of couple of couple of legs back level. Whereas this is it's a one break of throw can and and sometimes that break of throw can be in the last game, um, as yeah. as we saw um, as we saw this evening. Um, yeah, it can it can all turn on one leg and it's superb. It can indeed. Uh, good evening to everybody in the chat room. Hope you're well. James says Snake is back. We'll talk about that one a little bit later on. Tommy says good evening, everyone. Azo says, imagine doubting Snake by... Mm, we all have our reasons, I guess. Uh, yeah, even someone... he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, evening. Uh, Bronzefinger? Uh, Elsa didn't expect to see Snakey turn into Prime UK and Gilded and Gilded turn into Premier League Snake Bite. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> how that one played out. Joe says, let's do it. Um, Elsa says, hey, up, how do you? Well, buzzing for tomorrow now. Hoping we find out we get to see Price play Ando in a massive one. We'll talk about later on coming up. Joe says, Snakebite wins it all. That's a big claim for me. Bob says, good evening to both of us. Hope you're well, Bob. Excellent. says, happy Monday, fellas, and everyone. And Warren says, evening, everyone. Hope you are all well. Apologies, there was no live lounge tonight. You lot know the deal by now. Uh, we're in the middle of a major tournament. So we don't quite do that one here. Uh, we just go straight to a fallout. But, right, let's talk about the action from this evening. If, of course, you have any questions for us or any input as we go over tonight's session, we're going to drop it in the chat room. If you're not already done so, make sure you subscribe to the channel, get involved in the chat box, uh, and hit that like button as well. While you're here, we really would appreciate it. Uh, first up, Dan, uh, and it was a matchup between two of the heavy hitters in the 189 in the World Darts, Dimitri Vandenberg against Ross Smith. Uh, an intriguing battle that the very first session I thought was unbelievable. The break came at the complete wrong time for this one as it killed both of them off. Uh, but Dimitri was exceptional in closing out the match in superb fashion. Yeah, it, it, was, it was very much a, a game played in, in three sessions. This, the first session was as good as anything that we've seen. Um, so far this year, the amount of 180s and 140s that were coming from both players, um, just really, really soon. I think Jimmy probably threw four, four 180s in, in five legs, um, and a couple of 140s to boot. Um, Ross Smith's 140 hitting in that first session was absolutely tremendous. Um, I, you know, just having a, I think it was seven or eight 140s in, in that first session, plus a 180. Um, like we said, that, that one break of throw that can completely turn turn the game. And I, you know, at the end of the first session, I thought this was a Ross Smith. I, I just thought the level that he was he was hitting, um, the relentlessness that those one forties were on, and and the way he he approached it, like he, he looked. I've seen I've seen boxers come out for world fights look less up for it than Ross Smith hit the stage tonight. Um, the crowd seemed to be well up for a bit of um, a bit of Billy Ocean. You know, the entrance song went went well. It it was he was absolutely tearing it up. And you're right, the break came at exactly the wrong time for both players because we we did see a a big fallout uh, fall off yeah. in in standards from both players. 
Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't just Ross Smith that, that couldn't quite put it together after that. Um, Dimi struggled as well. But then in that third session, um, you know, after they went in at five all, and and again, I suppose at that point it, it could have gone either way. But Dimitri just, you know, I'm I'm tired of using the the, the phrase laugh, you know, right. Um, Doing the right things at the right time, but if you're gonna, you know, he found that break of throw in in the in the very last leg, last opportunity he had. At eight, he was eight, he was nine eight up. Ross Smith looking like he was gonna hold and force us into extra time, opening with a one eighty, and then Dimmy just just got the job done, just got over the line, and and you know it's a venue that he he does well in. I think you know I know we had one out away from the match play, but. He's done three, three times on the bounce in the match play. He's made at least the semi-finals. Um, you know, he, he's over the last few years most informed match play player. Um, just yeah, really, really good stuff in that. In, and he definitely came out and forced that game and 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 took it when he needed to. He did as well. I think a couple of things to note: a, the pace was a little bit slower than Premier League Dimitri, but I still don't think it was as dropped down completely from him. He seems to have found a happy medium, which seems to suit his game a lot more. Two, he was a lot more emotional up on that stage. Obviously, Ross Smith is right now one of the most animated players on the hockey or post-hitting the target on the hockey. He loves a celebration. He's got such a long neck as well. It looks like he goes for miles when he's giving it the big one. It's a swing, um, isn't it? Dimitri go back at that as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and it, and and it made a, a very watchable game. Even that little mini session in the middle, where the standard wasn't quite as 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 it had been. The standard was still very good. The standard was still better than we've seen in fifty percent of the games that you know over the course of the tournament so far. It's just that they cut so well and finished so well. The pair of them that that drop off in you know in in the middle um, maybe maybe looked worse than it was com- comparatively. Um, you know, but I mean, Dimitri, like, you know, stats alone, you know, averaging over 101, 50% on his doubles, um, absolutely massive, 19, 140s, 7, 180s. It's like really, really top performance from Dimitri Vandenberg and, and setting down a, a, a real marker. I picked him to win the quarter and he looked every bit today like he's the man to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, the players on screen are the players that are in the same quarter as Dimitri Vandenberg. The very, very first session of the match play so far that has gone with all four seeded players that we've lost at least one in every other session so far, at least one in every other quarter of the draw. This is the one where all four are still standing. However, there was plenty of people tipping a few upsets in this part of the draw. Dimitri Vandenberg is one of the players that managed to avoid that. Uh, no clip from Dimitri's uh, interview, but we do have that in full on our YouTube channel, obviously, where you're watching this right now. So head over there at the end of this show and you'll be able to hear him in full. Um, I presume he's just waffled because that's exactly what Dimitri does, uh, which is why we're not showing you a clip because it's too much to cut down. Uh, match number two, and it was the return of the legend that is Raymond van Barneveld to the Empress Forum in the Winter Gardens. Uh, but he was systematically taken apart by Ryan Searle. What a performance it was from Heavy Metal. I believe using New Darts, they weigh an absolute ton. 
but he was finding that travel bed. Just like, no, nothing. That was the best scoring performance I've seen in the entire tournament. You've muted yourself. You're on mute, Dan. No idea how I ended up on mute there. I don't know how you muted yourself, but you did it before you obviously started talking. Don't know how I did it. Um, yeah, it was it was just unbelievable. It was relentless. Like the stats, and I, and I don't talk loads of stats, but like over 105 average and just shy of 50% on his doubles. Like that is going to take some beating in any match against anybody. Now, that will give any player in the world a run for their money at their best. You know that is that that is a level that the very best players on the planet are throwing with their A game. So it was it was absolutely superb. I don't think that Barney did a lot wrong, really. In the um, opening session, I agree. I just think he got away from him a bit. Then, like he's only averaged eighty nine in the end. I think is there's an argument to say his head dropped a little bit, but again, there wasn't a lot to do. There wasn't a lot to do against Ryan Searle. No, and I think by the towards the end he he'd sort of realised that, and there was there was a few there was a few slack darts, and there was a few probably a couple of wasted darts where that third one just you know he just sort of threw it towards the board without without real intent. Um, but often at that point he was already 150 points behind, and and you know he knew that Ryan wasn't missing anything either. So. Yeah, I, I think he, he got a little bit um, just just forced out of the game. I thought it, it was lovely to see all of the crowd singing "Eye of the Tiger." That was you know it was it, just for the folks that are there. It's an, you know great experience, good thing to be a part of. Um, but he was just a victim tonight, Raymond Van Barneveld, of, of an absolutely raucous performance from Ryan. So. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the breakdowns of the scoring visits, Ryan Searle, 20 ton pluses, Barney, 18, uh, 9140s he's played seven, and 4180s plays three. He's not a million miles away scoring-wise there, but it, what that must mean, that I can't see right now, is the sheer number of trebleless visits for Barney stacked up massively against Ryan Searle. Because even when so, I think there was one visit where he'd gone treble one single, and he still bangs it in the treble 20 last start and just kept the score... Ticking over constantly. Yeah, so I know um, I, I, I know Barney was in double figures for trebleless visits. I don't know what, what the number was off the top of my head. But I do know that Ryan Searle had four trebleless visits all night. And yeah. that's, that is absolutely banal. Like, that's bonkers. To, in, 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 in 14 and, legs of darts. Yeah, and I was going to say, in 14 legs, he's, he's gone to the hockey four times and not hit a treble. Like, unbelievable. In the scoring phase, in the first nine, I think that's, that's measuring. But still, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, dangerous. Dangerous 40, 42 visits in the scoring phase of a match. And he's hit a treble in at least 38 of them. <laughs> properly, properly dangerous. With those properly. new with those new darts, um, I'm not sure what they weigh. I think they're about 18, 19 kilos each. <laughs> but, um, but 34 they are, he, grams, I believe. 34 grams. Right, let's hear then from Ryan Searle, who inevitably is talking about Gary Anderson in his post hey. <laughs> Obviously, I'm using new darts. Well, I haven't used them very long. They're 34 grams now instead of 32, so I've gone up a bit of weight. And I feel like 
if I'm getting my first start right like I was tonight a lot then I can re you know, really do some damage. Um, me and Gary haven't, we haven't managed to get much practice sessions in in the last few weeks. Obviously he's been away on holiday. He said I was on holiday but yeah. <laughs> trying to stitch me up. <laughs> oh, my fault, his fault. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd like to practice with Gary a bit more and I think in the break now after this tournament we'll try and practice once or twice a week and Darts is in a better place with Gary Anderson playing well for sure. I'm trying to avoid him. <laughs> I haven't won a session since Christmas so I'm trying to avoid him. That's a, sc that's a scary thought. If Ryan Searle is producing darts like that at home in practice with Gary Anderson and he's still not winning a session, that is a scary thought for just what we might well, see from Gary Anderson for the rest of the year. I don't think Ryan Searle's looked at the draw because what he should be saying is I absolutely want to play Gary Anderson in the match play this year because they're in completely different halves. And if he does play him, it'll be in the final. So I think he'd probably be more than happy to meet Gary yeah, I'll Anderson. I'll take that match up, actually. <laughs> he will indeed. Uh, another matchup for us to talk about is the return of the 2021 World Match Play champion, uh, the man defending the prize money on his ranking this year. Uh, he's had a bit of a sabbatical from darts for the last few weeks. He did not play in Poland. Did not play in the Euro Tour and did not play in the Floor Tour, uh, in the Pro Tours. Uh, but it was a successful return to the hockey for the former world champion, Peter Wright, defeating Andrew Guild in 10-4, the UK Open champion, just not at the races today, Dan. Yeah, um, you know, I know we used the phrase earlier in the week that you can only beat what's in front of you. And and that is, you know, what, what Peter Wright did. Um, I'm not sure whether the level he played at specifically in that game would have been enough to get him past some of the other non-seeded players in, in the draw if he had drawn them. I think, and I said all week and, and for weeks after the draw was made, that this was the worst draw for, for Peter Wright. And he made me look a complete fool tonight um, because he just got on with it. Uh, there was We did see one change of darts, I think, at 2-0 down. Um, but then once he got Old Faithfuls in his hand, he, he, he looked... Well, they, like were, they were both sets of Old Faithfuls, weren't they? They were both gold elements, but it was such a subtle change. But actually, when he explained it in his post-match interview up on stage with Abby Davis, it turns out the right that the subtle change he made to the shape of flight, he wasn't getting the initial ones to drop at the last minute like he wanted them to. He says it, was, it wasn't as warm up there and that they were flying through the air differently, which is why he made that change in the first place. And when he changed it, they were dropping in. Like When a man has tinkered as often as Peter Wright does, he clearly knows his stuff and all the subtle little changes. It's just how often he's making those changes that is so unconventional in this sport that perhaps he does get that little bit of stick for it. Yeah, and... and, and, and... Obviously, I mean, the man is a, is a he's a genius and he's an expert. And, you know, he, he can change the shape of something by a, a mill or, or two and, and completely change its trajectory because he's that good at replicating his action. And he, and he knows how his darts come out of it, come out of his hand. Um, but, yeah, I think that the, the battle, I think, for Peter is always that that tonight what we saw was perfect Peter Wright tinkering. It's when it doesn't go right after he's tinkered, I think, that, that that's when it all starts to, to get a little bit messy, when he starts chopping and changing and there's a third set come out and then he's, you know, screwing different things onto different barrels midway mid through his throw. But, it, yeah, it was a really professional... I wasn't blown away. 
It, but it wasn't what I expected. It, it was far better than I expected. Is it a case of we weren't blown away because there was so little coming back at him from Andrew Gildon? I mean, if we break it down now, 16 tonnes, 12, 147 maximums to Gildon's one. Uh, three tonne plus checkouts. I think that's a tournament best so far, including the 146. 33% on the outer ring, 10 out of 30. So he's created a shed load of chances. He's taken enough of them that will take him deep enough in this tournament. Actually, he scored pretty well there. I just think because... Gilding was so far off the pace to what everybody was expecting. Maybe we're underestimating how good a performance this was from Peter Wright. Yeah. Um, no, you, you, you're probably right. I think we'll we'll what we'll do is we will really find out in the in the next round. I think we have a recreation of the 2021 Players Championship final. I think. Peter Wright against yeah. Ryan Searle. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I think it was. I was there. I'm pretty sure that was a player. <laughs> you and that you was, were drinking red wine with Jarliff. You have no I was, I, was drinking, I was drinking red wine out, out of a pint glass because they wouldn't allow anything other than plastic glasses in that place. Um, so I sort of remember. But yeah, and I think that's when we'll really see. Because you've got to expect that whilst Ryan Searle won't, well, he, he may do, but you know, he, he might not maintain the, the full level of tonight. You know, we might not see 105 average, 50% on the doubles. But Ryan Searle will more than likely start quickly and he will score heavily. So that's when I think we'll really see how, where Peter Wright's game is, is at at the minute is because he will have big scores coming back at him in that next round. I guess the question is, can he do it consistently as well? Because... There were times in that Premier League campaign where we saw a good opening match from Peter Wright, but he did not go on and back it up at any point. Yeah. And this is two games in two... All right, not two games on the same night, but this will be two games in two days over a different format. That'll be interesting to see with him. Um, yeah, the points were different and the flights were slightly different shape. Everything else was pretty much identical as a matchup. Uh, let's hear then from Peter Wright and see what he had to say in his post-match press conference. I'm not surprised he, he got beat because Brendan's a brilliant dark player and, you know, he can beat anybody in the world. And, uh, but I was obviously surprised, obviously, because Mark would play fantastic in Poland and, obviously, after his operation and stuff like that, you know, uh, he didn't quite... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, you know, and he, he, you know, he got punished for it. He missed a few dub, couple, couple doubles here and there, and obviously Brendan, you know, you know what he's like. 
if he gets a shot, he gets it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, it's blowing it wide open. But I, I think the man to beat at the moment is probably well, the two. I'm going to say two is going to be Luke Humphries and Gezi Price. Uh, the guys well, I've seen so far. So uh, yeah, yeah so best of luck to them. Clearly, didn't watch the Ryan Searle game, did he? <laughs> Ryan Searle talking about Gary Anderson. Peter Wright talking about Michael Van Gogh. <laughs> right, you will never find anything. I will be convinced that Michael Van Gerwen lives in Peter Wright's head rent-free. That, like, days after he's, you know, the next day after he's being put out, Peter Wright comes and plays that. Michael Van Gerwen is not in the tournament, but they need to have a chat about Michael Van Gerwen anyway. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Reminder, that interview is available in full on our YouTube channel. Uh, a few more comments. Uh, as I says, longer format next round can see Peter flourish in a longer game, potentially. Gives him more time to correct things, but it also gives him more time for things to go wrong and overthink. Uh, he didn't play Premier League with those darts tonight. No, I don't think so. Uh, Nicholas says, I think Dimi will win this quarter of the draw just so good at the match play. His recent record in the last few years is staggering. Uh, here at the Winter Gardens. Uh, someone whose record isn't actually that great is the ferret, Johnny Clayton. I think it's just his second win in six appearances here at the Winter Gardens. Uh, he takes a 10-8 victory over Gabriel Clemens. Uh, look, it wasn't the best performance you're ever going to see from Johnny Clayton. Once again, helped out by the fact that his finishing stats are pretty solid, 10 from 29 in the end. Um, but it'll be one of those where he's just happy to be able to run. Yeah, he, he will, um, you know, yeah, and it, it wasn't vintage Johnny Clayton, it wasn't Johnny Clayton at his best, but he's, this is about, certainly the first round, it's about getting through and winning a match, and that and that and that is the most important thing, it doesn't have to be pretty, it doesn't have to be impressive, yes, it's nice to post 105 averages like Ryan Searle's done, but the most important thing is is getting through to that next round and, and being in with, with a chance. Um, and, and then giving yourself more opportunities to play at your best if, if you're not playing at your best on any particular day. Um, I do think, certainly for the first two-thirds of the match, the, the, the bigger story was whilst Johnny wasn't playing amazing, he was, he was, he'd sort of found the level and he was playing relatively consistently. I think that because Johnny wasn't playing amazing, Gabriel Clemens was getting a lot of opportunities and should have won that match. And should because, because just because of the opportunities that that he got, he was presented with an awful lot of opportunities for double. I think off the top, uh, I think by uh, by the first session uh, at four one down, he hit one out of ten on the doubles at, at that point. Just thirty percent at that point, you know, puts him in, puts him in the lead. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I do think certainly Johnny closed the game out very well because yeah. he did end up under pressure at the end because Gabriel Clemens did manage in that last third of the game to get a break of throw and to start to put some pressure on. And I think if Johnny hadn't cleared, cleared it when he did, then he could have it could have swung the other way. But that 11 dart at the finish, um, you know, what he, he won four, he won eight, he won three, four, I think, in his first nine, just you know, sealed it up nicely. And it was, if there was ever a time in the game to throw that, that was the time for Johnny. Yeah, I mean, you'll take an 11 data to get over the line 100% at any point. Uh, quick word on the ferret. Look, as we said, uh, not his best performance. Uh, Post-match interview on stage of Abby said that there was some things going on 
behind the scenes as well. So I think that when a player does put in a performance like that, this is one of those moments where we can give them that little bit of grace as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I say, the, the most important thing is, is that he won the match. You know, I think if he hadn't won the match, then both he and the, you know, Darts universe would have wanted to pick that apart and analyse it and look at the whys and the wherefores. But yeah. in reality, he, that scrutiny is not really there because he won the game and that's the most important thing. And and then in the end, if he, you know, if he goes out second round, then regardless of how he plays, he's probably going to go out in a, a much tougher game deeper into the tournament. So, yeah, I think it's... Um, He's got a hell of a tough match in the next round against Dimitri Vandenberg. Um, and, and he'll never get away with playing the way he did tonight. But he's got you know, he got he got through today, and you don't know what Johnny Clayton's coming back tomorrow or the next day, do you? So we'll we'll see what he um we'll see how what he manages to, to pull together. Correct. Well he won't be back tomorrow, but we will to talk a look ahead at his game, which will complete the second round. Uh, instead, we are now going to preview tomorrow night's session. This is a bit where you guys in the chat room get involved as well. Uh, another four Belton matches, uh, first to 11 this time instead of first to 10, I believe it is. Correct. And then it will start increasing again afterwards. Do you, know, do you know what? That's just reminded me of something, talking about the format. Do you know what really annoyed me tonight? Go on. Wayne Mardle said, oh, it feels a bit like the Grand Slam. Because wow. of the long format matches towards the end. That's this enough. should never feel like something else. Everything else should always feel like the world match play. If it's yeah, a leg, it should always feel like the world match play. Yeah. This is the leg play daddy. And the fact that you've said, oh, it feels a bit like the Grand Slam, that are not that as a as a darts fan that just loves these sort of, it places way too much importance on that Grand Slam of darts for me. Yeah, it's a, it's an it's an odd it's an odd comment that because um and I'm sure that those that that want to look at the um, you know the triple crown would would definitely have a have a word with him about that. Yes, hundred percent indeed. Right, let's have a look ahead to that second round starting tomorrow night with a battle between two unseeded players. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just checking. Uh, yeah. Get to getting the better of Dave Chisnell in the previous round, Daryl Gurney upsetting Rob Cross in extra legs. Is that the only time we've been... Oh, one of two times we've been extra legs uh, this t in the first round so far. Um, how do you see this one going, Dan? Um, yeah, it's the only game in the second round that, we, that involves two non-seeded players. And I... We only, lost four. we only lost four in the entire first round. And two yeah, of them managed to be in exactly the same part of the draw. Yeah, it's it's just just dumb luck, I think. Um, I think that uh, whilst Daryl Gurney played really well in his first round match, and, and he did look, you know, vintage Daryl Gurney, um, I think this is a Gary Anderson victory, and I think it's probably somewhere around an eleven. I see the 11-8 or 11-7. 11-7. Go on. We'll do that. <laughs> Your favourite score the last predictions was 10-7. He's just whacked an extra one on it for everyone so far. Um, 
chat room, this is where you were going. Uh, Bob says Garrow beat Gurney 11 6. Uh, Azza says Ando 11 7. Tommy says Ando 11 9. Uh, Nico says Anderson 11 6. Uh, El says Get Up Ando 11 7. Daniel's got Gary 11 8. Uh, Connor's got Gurney 11 9, the first player to back Gurney in that one. And Bob is already talking about the next game. Bob, you've gone early, mate. Let us get there. Boise's chirping in when he's not busy boogieing the night away. No after party at Trilogy this evening, but I'm sure he'll be on duty for the rest of the week. He says Ando 12-10. Uh, I think everybody but Connor is correct as well. Uh, I'm going Gary Anderson. Um, he's, he's just been brilliant so far this year. He's right up there in, in terms of some of the stats throughout the season to date. And I think he's just got that bit between his teeth again. And if it gets that little bit scrappy tomorrow i think he's got the edge now over over daryl gurney who is there's that extra element of pressure on gurney now because everything is either a comeback or go and prove what he can do and i think yeah. he's carrying that an awful lot and i just think gary's on this absolute free roll where he's gone actually i'm enjoying it again and i've realized i'm still pretty good and there's just a freedom that comes with that from gary anderson so i'm saying gary wins this one i'm going 11 6 I think it's that little bit wider as well. I just think if he gets out ahead, then Gurney is more than capable of chucking one in. I think is yeah, not, no, not, yeah. not deliberately, but I just think if it starts to fall apart for Gurney, it can fall apart very quick for Gurney. We've seen that a number of times in, in the yeah. last couple of years. Um, Danny Noppert against Nathan Aspinall. Danny Noppert making his way past Martin Schindler in the opening round. Not the best performance we've ever seen from the freeze, but doing just enough uh, against Nathan Aspinall, the man who has more battle and heart than anybody else we've seen in World Darts, if you've listened to all the commentary. Um, where did you see this one go? Um, both had very similar performances, I think, in the, in the first round in terms of statistics. Um, I think it's an Aspinall, but not by much. Aspinall 11-9. Battles his way through. Uh, chat room Bob has got Aspinall to win 11 8. Uh, Asp says, uh, Azza says Asp 11 9, as does Nico. Uh, Tommy says Nopper 12 10. Um, as much as I like the way that Danny Nopper is going about his business at the minute, he's incredibly hard to break. He, he's, he's effectively become a, a younger. James Wade at the moment, he's, he's just so difficult to break down his own throw. If anybody is capable of scrapping away and keeping pushing at that, I think that player is Nathan Aspinall. He looked in a really, really good uh, place uh, when he played earlier in the week. Um, and the crowd absolutely adored that walk-on, didn't they? Mr. Brightside's oh, the going. The and I think if they all fire up again, that could be enough to carry Nathan Aspinall over the line. So I'm going to say Aspinall wins this one. I'm going to say wins it 11-8. Uh, a few more in the chat room. Tommy says not at 12. Tell me where said that one. Sorry. Uh, Daniel's got Aspinall 11-9. Els has got Asp 12-10. Plenty of people saying it will be won by that barest two-leg margin that is required here at the World Match Play. Uh, on to the third game of the night, and it's a tantalising battle. Uh, between Gerwin Price and Joe Cullen. Uh, well, for these next couple, I'm sort of tied into my predictions of who I said would win the quarters. So <clears throat> I'm going to stick with him because I still think I'm I still think I'm right. But I am going to go Joe Cullen. Um, I just I've seen enough through him, and I just think he's about due. 
Um, I think he's about due a, a, a big one. I think he's about due a, a really good performance on the telly. And I'm going to go Cullen 11 8. Kept said by a couple of breaks. Part of me is looking at Cullen as well, you know. I think if we're going to get the fairy tale, Gary Anderson just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. I don't think Gary's got it in the locker to beat Gezi. I think he has to fall that little bit earlier. And I can see it happening. Joe was fantastic in the first round, that 100 average from him. And Gezi was far from his best in that yeah. first round. I know Gezi's got gears and he has got levels, Gezi. And it is about getting through the first round and, and playing your way into the tournament. So that I, And he's exceptionally good. But I just think I think Cullen's due due a bit due a run, and, and he's got the talent to to beat him over that format. If he finds his range early on, I genuinely think he's got a chance. But I still think I have to go Gezi. I, I still just think it's the slightly safer call. He, he's just been so so good this year, and when he does find it, he is unplayable. And that's it. You have to presume that if he's going to find it for three or four legs, he will take the game away from people. And as long as he's got that up his sleeve in his in his locker or whatever, I think that makes him dangerous. So I'm going to say Gezi wins this one. I'm going to say wins this one 11-8 is where I am. Uh, Nico says, Colour win if they play at the first round, but I think Price wins 11-6. Big gap in that one. And Tommy says Price 11-8. Al says Price 11-7. Mitchell says 11.5 prize. Nico's got prize 12, Colin 10. We're going deep. Uh, Bob says Gezi to win 11.6. Connor says prize 13.11 will be match of the night, in my opinion. I think that's MOTN. Uh, Daniel says Colin 12.10. And Azza says prize 11.7. It's interesting the amount of people that are backing Colin there, including yourself, given that if you'd offered people this matchup, before this tournament started, I'm not sure many would have backed Cullen to get over the line in that one. I did. I picked him to beat Gezi and get the quarter, but there won't be loads of people like me. No. <laughs> you sat there in a Matt Edgar shirt, mate. There's definitely not loads of people like you. <laughs> Fair point, well made. <laughs> uh, on to the final match of tomorrow evening session. And it is the world and one and world champion Michael Smith up against Chris Dobie. This one, if they both find their range on that treble bed nice and early, could be one of the best scoring games we ever see on that stage. They're just both magnificent. Yeah, I think anyone that's called a match of the night earlier than this one is probably going to be um, have to rethink that tomorrow. Because yeah, I think this has got match of the night written all over it. Potentially match of the tournament so far in terms of the way they'll both go at each other. Um I I'm gonna I'm gonna go Dolby. And I and I and I genuinely think it's it's head as much as heart. I, I really do. I think we we have this is a very, very different Chris Dolby post Premier League. I think the experience that he's gained in the Premier League, playing relentlessly, big crowds, top players I just think he's in a very different mindset at the moment. I don't think Michael Smith is at his best. I think they'll play at a very similar level. I don't think they'll be, I don't think they'll be a mile away in, in every element of, of the statistics. I think they'll be they'll they'll almost like for like each other's performance. And I think Dobie will just get over the line. 
And it, so I'm going to have to go 11 9 because I think it'd be tight. But it could go into. Um, it could go into additional legs, I think, this one. Could be 12 10, something like. See, I agree with pretty much everything you've just said, except for who wins if it goes to that situation. This is a different Michael Smith. And it started about this time last year when he went on that run of picking up his first title at the Grand Slam and his, his mentality just completely changed. He just doesn't panic anymore. And I think that's what's going to set him apart. Adobe, I still think, is that little bit hurried in those key little doubles, and I think it costs him a little bit. Um, the experience he gained from the Premier League, I think, was absolutely fantastic for him. He was losing games that perhaps he shouldn't, which felt a bit like his floor form, basically. And if you're producing your floor form in front of the cameras, you've got to be very happy. But I still think he needs to find something extra that just means he wins those legs that turn close losses into close wins. And I'm not sure he's got that against the world number one and world champion, Michael Smith, who is so, so good when he finds a rhythm. That was not the Michael Smith we all knew and expected in round one against Steve Beaton. But at the same time, it can be incredibly difficult when, to be completely honest, there was bugger all coming back at him. Yeah, not, not a lot coming back at him at all, was there? <laughs> There's not a lot to get yourself fired up for or, or anything like that. He lost his range a little bit on the outer ring, but... He said he'd practice. I know he's a dark player, and they're all going to say that, that he literally wasn't missing the treble. And then Junior was calling out checkouts and he was taking them out two dark, three dark, whatever he fancied. So um, I, I sort of believe Michael Smith. I think if and when he wants to put something right, I think he's got the ability to do it in such a short space of time. Now, I'm not go away and work on it for two, three months, like potentially we've seen from him a few years ago before he did start converting these performances into major titles. So I'm going to say Michael Smith wins this one. I'm going to say he wins it 11-8. I think he does win it by a couple of legs in the end, especially if you win the bullseye, 11-8 is a break of throw, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. So um, that's where I'm going. That one is Smith 11-8. We're going to scroll back in the chat to get everybody. Uh, Azza says, that was the wrong game. Uh, El says Doby 11-6. How are the lads? Oh, yeah. uh, Tommy says Smith 11-5. Big gap in that one. Uh, Mitchell says Smith 11-9. Azza says Smith 11-8. Uh, Nathan says Smith 11-9. Bob's got 11-8 Smith. Uh, Nico's got 11-7 Smith. Daniel's got 11-6. And Nicholas has 11-5. Uh, so, Dan, you are the only person back in. Chris Doby to upset the world number one and world champion tomorrow. I'm hoping um, to be back in my Newcastle shirt tomorrow night. We'll if see. he beats Michael Smith, I could end up in the shorts and socks as well to celebrate. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, a, as host tomorrow. I'm not sure I'm going to allow that, regardless. <laughs> um, but but we'll we'll put a pin in that and we'll talk about that tomorrow because that is time to end tonight's show. A big thank you to everybody that's tuned in once again, uh, and if you're listening back uh, as a podcast audio, I hope we're getting you through the day ahead of tomorrow evening's session. Uh, round one of the Betfred World Match Play is in the can, and we head into round two over the next two days. Uh, 32 came, just 16 remain already as we are heading towards knowing who will lift the Betfred World Match Play title. A big thank you to everybody who is watching, as I've already said, to everybody Um listening back to everybody's planning on joining us throughout the rest of the week make sure you head over to the stay on our youtube channel uh, to catch all of the interviews that we've played you clips from in full this evening uh, every winner 
is available over there for you. Make sure you follow us across all of our socials, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, and subscribe to YouTube and like that. Uh, like this video for us. Uh, it really will help us out. Uh, we will speak to you all. It'll be myself and Dan again tomorrow, I think. We're, we've pulled the short straws for the early part of the week. Uh, we will be back tomorrow evening, but we do appreciate you all joining us uh, this time of night. Thanks very much for watching, and we'll speak to you very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 